This infinitely recyclable can of stone-cold sparkling water came straight from the Alps to murder your thirst. <laughs> once, cra- once cracked open, no thirst is safe from liquid death. After ritually dismembering its thirst victims, this brutal can of water used the severed body parts of dead thirsts to build itself a flesh suit, which it used to disguise as a disguise to get a job in marketing. But then, but Liquid Death never took the job. It just murdered a bunch more thirst instead. <clears throat> like the flesh suit. It's pretty, it's mm. pretty solid. How's your thirst feeling? Uh, oh, dead. Murdered. Murdered. <sighs> Alright. Let's get this show on the road. <clears throat> Three, two, one. Go! Damn it, it'll be fine. I'm at What did you say? I said button. I was on the button train. Uh, Because I was thinking about panic buttons. Right. Which is. That's what I was thinking about. We are all, I think, stroking. We're beyond the panic. Caressing. At this point, I think, right? Okay. It's it's pounding the. We smashed it and (laughs) broke it completely. And now we're on to. uh, Stage four of uh, loss or something of grief. Uh, not acceptance yet, is it? No, that's the fifth stage, right? The stages of grief. No, it's acceptance will come about quarter two of uh, the play-in game. Yes, that is correct. Yeah. I'm good. Uh, oh, five stages: denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. Okay, so we're in the depression for sure. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I'm a little angry, and I'm happy to talk about that, but I think I'm just more sad. Pacers basketball. It's fantastic. (laughs) It's fantastic. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, just prepare to... uh, It'll be great. It'll be perfect. Y'all motherfuckers don't watch us play throughout the year, to tell you the truth. I'm gonna be real with you, and I don't care if I get fined. That train is off the track. I feel like you, you can't just like jump through Neptune and be okay. What the show needs is more dogs and bears and chickens and stuff. Yeah, so uh, just prepare to uh, be a watch beautiful goodness. Welcome Pacers fans. You are listening to the Undebeatables, your semi-weekly Pacers podcast. Today is May 9th, 2021, and this is episode 526. Coming to you from Indianapolis, Indiana. I'm your host, Joey Gafrida, the man behind the dials and season ticket holder. This show, we're going to discuss a one in three week of pathetic Pacers basketball with games against Wizards, Kings, Hawks, and again with the Wizards. Joining me this show are two of our three analysts, coast to coast, like buttered toast. First, from the high school home of Jameson Brewer, Silver Spring, Maryland, it's the doctor, Jason Triplett. What is up, Pacers fans? What is up, Undebeatables? Shout out. To all the moms out there, 
uh, especially my wife Jill, who we just celebrated the first her first Mother's Day. So, shout out! Uh, yeah, I have a newfound appreciation for moms after having a child of my own. Happy Mother's Day! And from Indianapolis, Indiana, he's our in-house bartender mixing up the drinks and the crappy jingles. John Colson. What is up, Pacer Nation? Uh, I would also like to shout out uh, mothers, specifically my mother. She just uh, uh, got out of surgery the other day and is recovering comfortably at home. Uh, but uh, it's going to be uh, you know a couple weeks till she's back to normal. So um, just she'll be listening to this, I assume, with nothing else to do. But uh, you know, uh, hear our rants and ramblings on uh, on the Pacers. So shout out, mom. Hopefully, our words are healing words. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I don't know this week, Joe. Yeah, I mean that's uh, kind of kind of the problem. Um, we could talk about a different team, though. That might, that might... <laughs> One we don't have to launch grenades at. Before we start the show, I'd like to remind you that this show is brought to you by you. If you go to Patreon.com/slash/Undebeatables, uh, you can become a patron of our show and uh, help support us for as little as a dollar per month. So thanks to everyone who's done that. Um, you can, uh, you know, for for $5, you can join our uh, Slack community where we are posting all sorts of uh, uh, interesting articles about the inner workings of the Pacers. And we, uh, you know, we, we grieve together about what's happening to this team. Yeah, it's really become a support group instead of a fan base at this point. Um. Yeah. So four games of basketball this week. First one uh, was Monday, May third. Pacers taking on the Wizards and scored 141 points, which is fantastic. So we won by like 30, right? Eh, so that's what you would think. Except we have we gave up 154 points to the Wizards. Um. 32 out of Sabonis, 32 and 19, uh, one assist shy of a triple-double for Demonis. Um, Karis Levert dropping 33. You know, there's lots of points to go around when you're putting up that many, but uh, I don't know. Russell Westbrook had a 14-21-24 uh, evening. Um, so he was uh, all over the, the sporting news with the 20-plus the 20 re- 20 rebound and 20-plus assist night which doesn't happen very often so um shout out to him for ripping us a new one uh second game of the week wednesday may 5th uh this one's at home against the kings they lose this one in a uh more normal scoring fashion 104 to 93 um looks like around halftime or so uh, sacramento took over and never looked back um on the Pacers' side, it's Sabonis, again, the leading scorer, 17 points, 13 rebounds, and Levert dropping 14. Uh, a lot of injuries at this game. Sumner out, Brogdon out, Lamb out, Sampson out, Turner out, and TJ Warren, of course, out for the year. Get the, the sole highlight of the week, Thursday, May 6th, Pacers taking on the Atlanta Hawks. They win this one, 133-126. And a shocker, Pacers win. (laughs) (laughs) 
Lavert gets 31, 12 assists, Sabonis 30 points, 8 rebounds, 9 assists. Again, nearly a triple-double. Trey Young held to just 30 points this evening. Bogdan Bogdanovich putting 28, and, and John Collins, of course, putting 25 down on us. Tony Snell getting zero points in 17 and a half minutes. What's up, Tony Snell? That's how you win ball games. You shut I mean. down Tony Snell. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the last game of the week, Saturday, May 8th, last evening, uh, taking on the Wizards again. And this time, Pacers only dropped in 132 to the Wizards, 133, losing in overtime by one point. Uh, again, Russell Westbrook, 33 points, 19 rebounds, and 15 assists. Uh, oh, and Bradley Beal had 50 on us. Did I mention that? No, he did that. Uh, also, uh, Westbrook uh, ties uh, Big O, Oscar Robertson, with 181 yeah. triple-doubles in this game. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess, I'm sorry, I guess that was, I assumed that was going to happen because it was up this game, and the Pacers aren't going to stop anything on defense. So Right. Um, yeah. So if, if they you want to get that stat, go ahead. Right. Just schedule the Pacers for another game. Uh, Karis Levert did have 35 and 14 rebounds, uh, 30 points, and uh, 13 rebounds for for Sabonis. So I mean, those two ha- those two offensively have been and you know uh, carrying a, a pretty pretty decent load. But um, but you know what? I don't watch any of these games because I'm. I'm not in a good mood with, with this team. We're not on good terms right now. You didn't um, watch any of these games. Have you stopped watching the Pacers, Joe? I have just I've you know some sometimes I'll put it on and and then I just can't I just can't anymore. Like they're just wow. It's not it's not They've fun. They've broken you. They they broke me. Like you know we, we in Slack you know we talk and it, it it's always like you know you know they're gonna fail in the fourth quarter. Mm. So it's like. You know, do I want to invest, you know, three quarters of a game to watch, and then when you're like, I, you know, you know they're going to lose, you know, I don't know, man. It's just it's not been fun. It's not it's it's not enjoyable for me at this time. So, you picked mm. a good week to stop watching, Joe. Um, the back to back Washington Wizards game where we we scored 141 points but gave up 154. And then the Sacramento game where we only scored 93 points against the worst defense in the league. Um, those were like two of the worst losses I can remember in, in, in recent Pacer memory. Maybe as long as we've been doing this pod. Like those, those two were just gut-wrenching. Uh, I really thought maybe we had some momentum after we scored 152 last week. thought we'd unlock the offense Offense is doing fine, right? We can do that in, unless you want to play Sacramento. Who, who gives up 118 a game? They give up 118 points a game. Yeah, 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 yeah. So let's – a couple other things which sort of uh, help fuel my, my mood here. Uh, you know, I like seeing uh, uh, the Pacers, like, get media coverage. You know, it's, it's uh, not often that they – you know, they get – much of that, you know, sort of outside of, you know, game results or whatever. Um, but no, we're in the news this week. Uh, Goga gets into it uh, with, I forget, the one of the assistant coaches. Greg Foster. Greg Foster. Foster. Big man um, uh, assistant coach. 
And so, yeah, it, it's there. Um, Goga got fined, and, and Foster got, you know, the, you, you suspend your own assistant coach. Not that they were wrong to do that. Like, he had to be held back. Yeah, Miles uh, Turner had to hold him back from, from him assaulting they were so mad at each other. Goga Bataze. Um, you know, and, and Goga's telling him to sit the F down because, you know, he, he'd been yelling at him so much. Um, I, I mean, the thing is, like... Um, you know, it's because Goga just let him go. You know, he comes down and hits. I mean, that was like sort of a microcosm. It's like he lets him go and then comes down and hits a three. So it's like, all right, well. So when you say lets him go, he, was, he wasn't playing defense at the rim. Right. And yeah, then he, just, he went down on the other end and hit a three. And so he felt like that somehow made up for the fact he wasn't playing defense and told his know. big man coach yeah. to sit the F down because right. I just hit that three. Um, I do what I want. So that didn't go well. (laughs) So the chemistry is great on the team is what we're saying. So there's that, you know, and that's like there's there's that sort of uh, tension between at least some of the coaching staff and the play and some of the players. And then and then the, you know, the bad news starts to like sort of leak out into the press about about Coach Nate Bjorkren and how the team's falling apart and 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 he's got nothing under control and and um you, you know, like I was before, I was like, okay, we're gonna just, you know, we're gonna sort of tank and lose some games, and I was like, okay, well, whatever, like that's fine, like it's not fun to watch, but like it's for a good cause, you know, you you sacrifice s- some wins now for the future, and I that's something I I understand, but but just like with the team, like it's like, oh no, they're actually just a dumpster fire. Um, this isn't like a, <laughs> this isn't like a calculated move. This is like. We're just out of control. Um, it's it's one thing when you when you um, you know go seventy sixer style and like you know this is a, a, a you know meticulously calculated plan with it that they executed or as, as you know meticulous as you can do that and we just have we have no idea what we're doing It's what it's sounding like in the press so um, yeah that doesn't get me real excited. I mean, to me, that sounds like good TV. That's high drama. You know? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I guess it's true. This is we've turned into. You know, we were like a, a you know a really well scripted show, and um, you know it was uh, you know sort of highbrow comedy or you know just just well written drama before, and now we're just reality TV where people are li- literally getting held back like on the floor. Yeah, I mean, we're just following, you know, in the 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 footsteps of uh, the great P.T. Barnum. You know, everybody loves a circus. This is great for sure. <laughs> you know, yeah. This week was frustrating. I mean, but every week it seems like I'm I'm a little bit behind on listening to our pods, and and so I was just listening to the week where uh, <clears throat> we had salvaged a zero and three week or zero and four week with a a win against the hapless San Antonio team. And so this week, that win was against Atlanta. We we keep getting like one win a week that that keeps that little flicker of a candle of hope just faintly alive. The thing you didn't mention, Joey, was that the the loss to Washington uh, last night, as we record on Saturday night, was uh, put us now firmly in the tenth spot. Uh, Washington is now in the ninth spot, so uh, we're still three games clear of Chicago in the. Uh, the standing, so we're we're still probably going to be in the tenth spot or ninth or playing game, um, but as it stands right now, that we won't host that game, which maybe is a good thing. 
because we play like absolute um, piss at home. So <laughs> <laughs> I like so, how you were looking good. for something that was not offensive, and you went with yeah, piss. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I, I'm with you. The, the uh, you know, this week was a huge week for us because we're playing Washington twice, right? So if you win both of those games, you gain two full games on them. If you lose both of those games, you lose two full games. It's not, you know, um, and by losing those two full games, we we drop a half a game behind the Wizards. And um, this this Saturday night one broke my heart um, in a different way. I mean, you know, I mentioned that the. Um, the Wizards game where we put up 141 and somehow didn't win, and then the Sacramento game where we couldn't score 100 points in a league where that's just standard now against the worst defense in the league. Um, we went out and played a solid game against Atlanta, you know, and I felt like maybe the team was responding to all of the negative media that was going on, all of this, you know, they're maybe, you know, circling the wagons, rallying around coach, let's win one for the Gipper sort of thing. Um, Atlanta's a good team. They're fourth in the in the East. Um, you know they're very well coached by our ex coach <laughs> Nate McMillan. Um, they've got a star in Trey Young. Um, they're playing great basketball right now, um, and we beat them. You know, and, and granted we had a big lead going into the fourth, and they made it interesting as because because the Pacers tend to make fourth quarters interesting. Made it and interesting. I, I got a little lead, nervous. Yeah, I, I got a little nervous. <laughs> I was I was ready to throw something. Uh, but we pulled it out, and and uh, Karis Levert was brilliant down the stretch of that game, um, and um, you know, I thought, well, maybe we figured something out. You know, we, we just beat a good team. We go play Washington, and we're going toe to toe with them. And um, I thought, you know, this is a chance for us to win, and uh, it gets pushed to overtime, and Russell um, Westbrook. Uh, we're I think we're up one with a few seconds left, and he goes up for a jump shot and gets fouled. Now there wasn't a lot of contact. He definitely got hit on his wrist when it goes, you know, on the follow through. But he fell over and acted like he'd been shot, and he gets to go to the line. I don't know if you call that. I'm just saying, refs. I didn't think it was that big a foul, um, but he went to the line and iced both. And so for a for a long period of time, I thought, okay, there's a chance to win this game, and that's gonna keep us in that ninth spot and it's going to keep my hope alive and instead just we got Westbrook again and daggers and this thing's a dumpster fire that I mean that was you know I I didn't agree with that call but I mean I guess there's contact I don't know if that it I haven't looked and seen if there was a fourth quarter report or overtime report of from the NBA if, if they agreed um with that call but, um, you know, the Pacers shouldn't have been in that position. You know, right. that that was a game that was totally winnable. Yep. Um, the Washington Wizards are not a good basketball team. It turns out neither are the Pacers. Um, right. Well, they have two incredible backcourt players. Right. Well, but they only had one in overtime because right. Bradley Beal pulled his hammy and right. was, was out. I mean, um, sad news for him. He was really broken up. Um, but... Uh, yeah, and it, to me that this game was encapsulated in a, in a little stretch, a three possession stretch in the fourth quarter. So it's it's four minutes left in the fourth quarter. The Pacers are up by five at this point, right? Okay. So this is a situation where we're in crunch time, right? Within five points, less than five minutes. Uh, Pacers come down. They play a, a defense, force a missed Bradley Beal three, a rare 
miss Bradley Beal three, but then failed to get the rebound. There was like a scrum for the rebound. Russell Westbrook gets the rebound, dribbles to the, you know, takes a couple of dribbles, finds Rui Hachimura wide open under the rim, gets a dunk. Oh, under the rim. Yeah, yeah. He's by himself. Nobody's around. By himself. Yep. Okay. No problem. Fine. Against our defense? <laughs> yeah. No. Well, it was kind of scrambly, like whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't get the rebound. So, so then come right back down the floor, like, it's okay, fine, whatever. Let's play. And then immediate turnover uh, leads to a Bradley Beal layup. Come back down. Uh, Karis LeVert draws a foul. Great. This is awesome. Stop the Proceeds momentum. to miss two free throws. Both free throws. Both free throws. So all of a sudden we go from um, up five to only up one. Um, you know, we didn't end up giving the lead uh, at that point, thank God, because basically Washington just missed some shots. Right. Um, but we could have easily. That, I think that, they missed like three shots in a row after that. Totally. That yeah. little seat. And we got we were getting nothing on offense. Yep. Yep. We were not creating shots at all. And our mm-hmm. defense was horrible. And we just got lucky that they were missing shots. Yep. And that little three-possession stretch right there basically flipped that game. And we, in my mind, should have lost that game. Kudos to Karis LeVert for making some tough shots down the stretch there. For sure. Um, and forcing it to overtime. And I thought we played okay in overtime and, and probably should have won. But um, just, just yeah, I agree with you, Joey. It's, it's getting frustrating to watch this team down the stretch. And, and watching the team struggle to manufacture baskets against a, a Sacramento team that is not that good and especially not that good at defense. And it's like we're just playing offense for the first time. It's like game one of the season out there. Like, yeah. Like, nobody knows where to go. We'll get – I mean, we have a lot to say about Coach Nate Bjorkman. <laughs> I really question his choice of a crunch time five in this Washington game of Edmund Sumner at point, uh, Karis LeVert at two, McDermott at three, Keelan Martin at four, and Sabonis at five. Like, I just didn't understand that lineup. There were too many possessions where where we kick it to Keelan Martin to save us, right? That. For a three, and that's right. just not what we. You can't have that. Like, right. what is going on? Yeah, or he had to break down the defense a couple times and with yes. pull up jumpers. Um, <laughs> exactly. Also, T.J. McConnell was having a brilliant game. Um, like, why not let him close out or in overtime? Why is he not on the floor? He's our best ball handler. Or Justin and, Holiday, a veteran who right. knows how to make plays down the stretch. Like, right. what the f are you doing? Right. Like, do you want it? Like, it's almost like you're trying to lose this game. Maybe we're trying to lose this game. I don't know. Yeah. Because we really want to play on the road, and when we play Washington in the uh, play-in tournament. It, yeah, I, I'm befuddled. And it wasn't like he stuck with that lineup for like a two-minute stretch to buy T.J. McConnell a couple minutes. He went like five minutes with that stretch. Mm-hmm. Like that that lineup closed out the game. Mm-hmm. No, I'm I'm with you, and 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 I you know I think we should at least address you know Joey you mentioned the article that came out, but like the, and this will clearly be much more discussed in the in the Thursday show. But basically, what happened is is uh, what was it was it Woj came out with a tweet that was like. Um, Sources say that um, Bjorkren's status with the franchise is uncertain and he has work to do on relationships with key players in the locker room uh, ahead of the season finale. Uh, it sounds like to me, at least from the reporting that came after this, which you which get from Bleacher Report as well, 
um, is that he has a lot of work to do with also the coaching staff, which he's particularly tough on. In fact, so hard on him that DeMontis Sabonis has been telling him to cool down and chill out um, with how mean he is and how much he embarrasses his coaching staff in front of the players. So that seems like a problem. <laughs> and apparently, you know, we, we questioned this previously when Bill Baino um, quit the team under the auspices of wanting to spend more time with his family or personal reasons or whatever, mm-hmm. right? But it turns out that it was a toxic relationship with Baino. Uh, this Bleacher Report article, which we'll, we will leak, link to, um, is scathing. Oh, my it's goodness. of uh, a Bjorkren. It should be said that, that Nick Nurse, who was uh, head coach of, of Bjorkren, you know, at Toronto has come out and denied sort of these allegations of, of sort of these uh, attributions of, of personality traits to Bjorkren that are that are not flattering. And um, T.J. Warren came out and basically said, leave me out of it. He didn't necessarily deny it, but he was like, look, I didn't say that stuff. Oh, uh, really? I didn't say that. So, yeah. so th- what Colson's referring to there is that uh, apparently when – so <clears throat> T.J. Warren played under Bjorkren uh, in Phoenix. In Phoenix when Bjorken was an assistant coach there. And um, apparently when Bjorken's uh, hiring was announced, uh, Warren allegedly asked for a trade. Obviously this is unfounded rumors, but, and then, and then opted for <laughs> season ending surgery instead of playing for him. Right. That's, that's the intimation. So yeah, there's a lot going on here. And, 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 I don't want to say that I sort of smelled this, but like one of the things that I want to say is that I have, over this pod, questioned his sincerity in these press conferences. Mm-hmm. Um, he mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. just sounds fakey happy, super like positive, but like not saying any words. And that's one of the things that's being levied on him is that he's just he's full of buzzwords. He's he's rah rah happy, but actually he's. The way it's almost described as mentally unstable, like going after people, exploding at them for small things, that he's not actually – he's putting on a good face with this happy-go-lucky coach thing, but he's actually not very positive um, behind the scenes. So it, it does come off as insincere uh, when he does these press conferences, and I'm not saying that he's a bad dude or that, I, that all the things that have been written about him are true, but what I can tell you is that I – felt like those things were at least insincere <laughs> you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah and i mean we've we've definitely um you know questioned sort of what he's you know the the coaching tactics and all this stuff i'd sort of always attributed it to and and when those initial reports came out um sort of attributed it to he's a first-time coach head coach he's learning how to be a head coach and like to his credit he came out and said you know there are things that i need to work on as a person and as a coach and i'm working on those things like blah 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 which is the right thing to say and sure you know he's good at saying the right the right thing thing, right um can he make those changes in the background do that you know yeah like and the uh you know there was an interview with kevin pritchard uh a, a few weeks ago i forget when that was my brain is addled so maybe it was a week ago maybe it was two weeks ago uh, Kravitz in uh, for the athletic interviewed Pritchard, and you know he was, you know, typically positive of the Pacers' position, saying you know like it's been a rough stretch, but you know we've got some good ball, like we're missing 
80% of our starting lineup, like, you know, it's going to be rough, you know, but, but I have confidence in, you know, Bjorkren and, and these types of things. So I don't know what his relationship was with uh, Bjorkren is apparently Buchanan and Bjorkren were like close buds. They didn't didn't like go to college together or something like that. Like I, I don't know. I, on some level, like I think, yeah, it's starting to sound like an inside job, right? Because they're saying they didn't interview uh, anybody that worked under him uh, when he was the head coach of the G League team, and that they didn't interview anybody on, you know, Phoenix when he was the assistant coach there. That they only went to Nick Nurse and the Raptors, um, and that they only went in the interviews only talked basketball. There was no sort of like, um, you know, what is your management style type questions or like how do you deal with players or well and this is the thing though right that was one of the reasons that we fired nate mcmillan because he didn't know how to tweet at people or text people or contact people he was just like the the stern dad when you came to work like he didn't know how to kind of reach out and they're like oh bjorkren's a modern coach and he's gonna text people and you know whatever be on TikTok or whatever the hell the kids are on these days. <laughs> and uh and and then yeah, and they talked basketball and they were impressed by his mind, but like and he and his super positive spin on stuff, right? But that starts to wear thin if it, there's nothing behind it. And and I I think that it, at least these articles intimate that it's worn thin on the locker room and definitely on the coaching staff. Yeah, after a year. After yeah. less than a year. Yeah. And granted this is a super intense year. Um sure. You know, there was no off season. We've got first COVID. Time head coach got hired like basically th- three weeks before the season started. Had mm-hmm. no training camp. You know, dude's under a fair amount of pressure. So, um, you know, I suppose cut him a little slack there. But yeah, you know, we sh- it, the canary in the coal mine should have been his decision to not um, retain Dan Burke. Yep. Right. Like. Or Dan Burke's, I mean, we have no idea what Or Dan Burke being like, I'm out of here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. We have no idea what the actual situation is. But that the fact that Burke was not around for whatever reason should have been a canary in the coal mine. That he's in Philly right now, and they're the number one team in the East. So there's that. Right. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. So, what are you, so Joey, do you have uh, opinions on, you know, it seems like obviously, I mean, there's six games left in the season or five games or whatever it is. So I'm not going to fire him at this point, but you know, based on your experience and, and what little information this is, uh, garnered, would you just start over, just press the reset? button? I mean, if that stuff is true, then get him out of here. I mean, just do it now. You know, they're, uh, you know, if it's not going to get better, then yeah. I mean, there and the the, the organization's going to know that. You know, um, you know, there's the, the you know, like well, you know, we see we see what's presented in the media, and then we see uh, uh, results, but we don't know what's going on inside there. But if that's it, get them out of there. Um, if they think it's salvageable, like I mean, there are certainly things that I like, but if if the players hate them, then then this isn't going to work. You know, we, we, we don't want TJ Warren asking for a trade because of our coach. Like if that stuff is true, then get them, get them out of here. Well, and that was oh. as, as Colson alluded to, that was the reason that McMillan was like, Oh, basically the players weren't getting along with him. Like, right. Yeah. And feel. you know that he, 
I, 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 you know, I'm with you, Joe, that like if this is a situation where you can't fix it, then it's time to cut bait. And like we, he's only guaranteed two years. I think we sent him for like a four year deal or whatever, but he's only guaranteed two years. So you're going to have to pay two coaches for a year. But like, you know, I think there's a, I mean, I think what it comes down to is, do you think he can learn? Do you, do you care enough about the X's and O's? Has he shown enough on offense? Because he hasn't shown anything on defense or rebounding. But has he shown enough on offense to be like, this is worth sticking around? And maybe he has decent relationships with some of the best guys in, in, on the team. You know, maybe he's really tight with Sabonis and, and Brogdon. Uh, but there was a nice point in the article that said that Brogdon and Sabonis both – in early in the season called him a genius and um, raved about him. And now they no longer talk uh, about him at all. So um, it could be that that has, those relationships are already worn thin. Um, If you know, or maybe it's just circumstance. So um, if, if, if the case is, um, you know, you've, your team's already given up on you, then it's time to go. Um, But, you know, he is a first-year head coach. He's got, you know, he's allowed to make mistakes. You know, I think, I think this league is really good at um, cutting bait with really good coaches too soon and not letting them work through their, you know, troubles and things. If it's a toxic work environment, which is what it sounds like for the coaching staff, then yeah, you've got to you've got to end it. And it also sounds to me like it's not just that easy though. It sounds like Chad Buchanan and maybe even Kevin Pritchard's jobs are also at stake on this. Well, and they should be. Yeah. If you so if you are charged with um, replacing a head coach who admittedly had faults, but had led your franchise to the playoffs for four straight years, um, and had overachieved every year until they got to time the and money interviewing twenty different candidates, and you bring in a head coach that is a, a, a an abject failure from an HR perspective that needs to be let go after a year and costs, you know, me as, you know, the owner and millions, millions, millions of dollars dollars when I'm in the middle of a pandemic and nobody can go to my malls. Like, no, you got to go, son. That's a failure of your job. Like it really is like, and, and I think that, you know, as much as I respect Pritchard and have respected sort of the, the, I mean, we've had our issues with the brass. Sure. Frankly, of the, of the franchise, but you know, we we liked the idea that they had interviewed multiple people, including diverse uh, candidates, and then they seemed so wowed by this Bjorkring guy that we were like, well, they've seen twenty people, you know, like, and if this guy comes into the interview room and is so much, you know, head and shoulders above the rest of the competition, this must be the right decision. But you know. Not doing due diligence is, yeah, that's on them. Right? And well, the, the way we've defended him earlier uh, in the season, and we did a lot of defending him, it was not only that there was no um, training camp really um, and that, um, you know, we had COVID and all these different restrictions, but also that he was just trying to implement a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. And that he mm-hmm. was going to make the, the defense, we were going to be so able to do every type of defense, switching, man-to-man, zone, all this stuff. And it was just a huge playbook. And it was going to take our team two or three years to learn it all and get it good. But once we had it all, we'd be great offensively and great defensively. It's possible that that's still true. Except if 
the guys don't want to play hard for you, and that's why you get beat on rebounds every game. You know? I mean, rebounds are effort. And that you don't play defense, right? Yeah. Defense and rebound is Energy and effort. And we're not giving those things. Which, Which should be, you know, it's been the hallmark of this team for as long as this team has been... You know what? It, this, you know when it wasn't under Jim O'Brien. That's the last time. You know when we didn't make the playoffs mm-hmm. for like four years. It was like, oh, we're just going to outscore everybody. You know what? That doesn't work. <laughs> you can't do it. I mean, you know uh, the um, when you know they say offensive teams can't win the title. Well, that's not true if you're the Golden State Warriors. They were still a really good, a top ten defensive team. You know, right. so you can't just outscore people. That's what bad teams do. So this is if, – if the idea is that we're just going to put up 150 points every night, sure, unless you're giving up 154, which apparently we're capable of doing. Um, I think we need to put a pin in this conversation. Uh, and, Joe, I'm uh, just kidding. I, I don't even know. Did we even talk about the four games? I don't know. I'm, I'm ooh, fired up. Good question. Uh, <laughs> we talked we enough talked about, about them the right amount, I think. Sure. <laughs> about the amount they deserved. This, the specific amount. Uh, um but uh, I think Thursday we're going to maybe uh, feeling up for it. We can talk about this a little bit more if, you, if you've got any more to say. <laughs> I can see the steam coming out of Colson's yeah. ears. So I think we have yeah. some content for Thursday. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> uh, we, got, we got a big week coming up, though. It's a big week. That's relative, right? Like, is it, Are these like interesting ways to stay in the 10th spot? Yes, yes. And five interesting ways in seven days. Yeah. So, okay, right. Five games left in the season. We close this thing out this week. Um, With two (laughs) back-to-backs. Starts up great. At Cleveland, Monday, May 10th. Must win. And then we close out the season with a three-game homestand against the Sixers, the Bucks, and the Lakers. Mm. And then a... uh, Game Sunday, second night of a back-to-back at Toronto at in Tampa. Uh, yeah, so uh, five games in seven days, two back-to-backs, uh, a team that has no identity and um, a coaching staff that is uh, imploding as we speak. And without um, at least three members of our starting lineup. Two, so, but three if you count T.J. Warren. So here's here's what I'm thinking. Uh, sweep? <laughs> Get out of here. Well, well no, okay. We're in the eighth, oh, we're, we're eighth seed. We're no in the problem. eighth seed. We, all we got to do is sweep out the week. So, okay, look, you got to beat Cleveland. Cleveland's hapless. By the time you play Toronto, they'll be out of the playoff chase. So we should be able to beat them. They'll be resting. They'll be, you know, whatever. They won't care. False. And then um, I think Philly's already going to have the one seed wrapped up, so they're just going to be resting their guys. All we got to do is lose to Milwaukee and L.A. It'll be fine. Dan Burke's going to want to rub it in. That's true. That's true. Uh, I'm 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 going to cross my fingers for a two and three week. That's what I'm going with. You are insane. <laughs> uh, so okay, so. I'm looking at the Bulls' schedule. The Bulls have an equally tough schedule, so if not harder, somehow. So if the plan was to tank and just get out of the playoffs, it's not I happening. I don't even know if we can make that happen. I don't think we can do it. We 
T-shirts? Anybody want to buy a T-shirt? <laughs> Get us out of here, Joe. So I can yeah. start yelling on the next pod. Okay. <laughs> um, let's get out of here. Um, but we'll be back with you on Thursday. Clearly, we'll be talking um, uh, more about this. Um, but you can hit us up on Twitter. We are at Undebeatables. We're on Facebook.com slash TheUndebeatables. Our website, TheUndebeatables.com. There's also a contact form there. You can use that to send us a message. And we got an email. Shout out at TheUndebeatables.com. Dot com and on our, our website slash store uh, to get some t-shirts. For the architect Donnie Walsh and our once and always Hall of Fame coach, Bobby Sick Leonard, turn out the lights, the team's kerploding. <laughs> I think, Colton, that you should um, make a TikTok account and record the uh, turn out the lights song. Uh, and then, yeah, I don't know how TikTok works, but only follow uh, Nate Bjorken or something like that. Or, like, add him with the, I don't know. I was looking. Is there a way to troll somebody on TikTok? Is that a thing? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I was got, looking... It's the internet. There's a way to yes, troll you, there's, Yeah, yeah. The, the internet is built to, for you to be able to troll people. I was, <laughs> I was looking for his TikTok account. Could not find it. Um, mm. And I don't think he even has a Twitter account, but I did find... The at Bjorkren burner account. Mm. Oh, he's got uh, a burner account, does he? Uh, well, it's it's a parody account, but it's called Bjorkren Burner, and um, it's kind of funny. Um, What's he been saying lately? Uh, he he uh, calculated his uh, compatibility, uh, his love compatibility with the Pacers. It was two percent. <laughs> um, he says all will be uh, right when we trade for LeBron. <laughs> Anyway, you know what? It, it, I, I, here's the other thing, and maybe I should save this for the next show. But I, I apparently Greg Foster needs a raise because when you think about it, Sabonis has had a career year, Turner's had a career year, and uh, Goga Bataze is developing very nicely. It could be that we're just attributing the development of these players to Bjorkren, but really it's just Greg Foster, the big man coach. So I, I say give him a raise. I say cool. you sit the f down. <laughs> yeah. Cheers. <laughs> I like how the the players had to hold him back, and you're like, yeah, that guy needs a raise, like now. I'm just saying, they've all the big guys have had a really good year. Agreed. And 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 I've been saying it's Bjorkren, but maybe it's just Greg Foster. You know, come on, they need a fiery leader, and he's clearly fired up, ready to beat you up uh, if you don't listen to him. All right, I'm gonna hit stop on this. <laughs> <laughs> you can't silence me, Joe. <laughs> He's got not, the power not. of the edit button. <laughs> yeah, I'll take the whole site down. It's <laughs> <laughs> gone uh, nuclear. Where will people yeah. get the their uh, crappy pacer news? TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> Cole, I'll see Colson there tomorrow morning. <laughs> Uh, it's gonna be like when your grandparents are, and it's gonna be him. This is on how there, TikTok like, works, right? You do is this dance. is this thing on? <laughs> and then he's gonna be pumping his arms. That's right. And then you're gonna you're gonna get trolled by middle school kids. <laughs> Wouldn't be the first time. Yeah. <laughs>